Welcome to our second edition of Imbibe with the Tribe from your Thinkers Workshop. This is where you bring your favorite drink, you eat a delicious lunch, and you soak in and absorb new ideas with people that are doing the same thing. Um, joined here today by Sean Jackson, the founder of Thinkers Manifesto. Hello, Sean. It's good to see oh, you. Hello, Micah. We survived Thanksgiving. We did. We did. <laughs> We had a great Imbibe with the Tribe meeting before Thanksgiving, and I actually got some great recipes out of that episode, <laughs> so definitely take a look. Um, on the top of the hour, I do want to mention that we have this private feed in our uh, through the Thinkers Workshop. So Sean just put a link to that, and you can actually listen to these episodes um, without having to watch us. <laughs> So yeah, make sure that you take a look at that. If you prefer to walk and listen, um, that is available to you right now. Yeah, we have a private podcast feed. It's in the Thinkers Workshop. You can add it to your favorite podcast player. Uh, it's not public, so it is exclusive for our workshop members. And it recaps everything we say today, which speaking of Micah, what mm. are we talking about today? Well, this is based on Jared's article from the Thinkers Workshop blog called um, How to Retain More of What You Read, which mm. we're all readers. Everyone in the Thinkers Workshop is a reader, <laughs> I'm convinced. Um, we talk a lot about different books and such. And so we wanted to talk about, like, if you haven't explored it, if you want to read better, if you want to retain more of what you, what you read, if you want to put more books onto your list, um, we just wanted to explore some ideas and ways to do that with you today. So, Sean, do you want me to talk about um, Jared's five tips from his article? Yeah, because I don't remember what he wrote. So, I okay. <laughs> it was good. It was one of my favorites. And also, I drew, if you look it up, we'll put a link to it. Um, I drew the little guy reading. It's super cute. It's one of my favorite drawings that I've done. Um, so, Jared's number one uh, idea and tip is to make reading a priority, which is true. Like we make, you know, eating as a priority. I know that bathing restrooms, that's priority. And then after that, we really have to make time. If reading is important to you, you have to schedule it in. So Jared reads before night. I read every morning when I do my miracle morning process. Sean, do you have a specific time that you read? Yes. When the kids aren't in the house. But <laughs> <laughs> Which is never like. <laughs> Pretty much never. Now, I think for me, it's always the weekend. I think, you know, and to his point, it's more about making a deliberate process, right? And I think that's the key. And it doesn't have to be for that long either, right? It's just a function of yep. I am going to set this time aside to read, right? Uh, with purpose and intent, I think, is the other aspect of it, is that you really want to say, okay, I'm going to read for these 30 minutes or for this one hour and make it purposeful, which means that you're going to try to minimize distractions. So if you're reading a book while watching the news, that's not reading. <laughs> I know. I know. I listen. Actually, I've been listening while driving and I have gotten through, I've probably listened to eight or nine books in the last several months. That's not uh, reading, Micah. I feel like it is though. Like I hear the whole book. That's okay. a whole other debate we could talk about. Cause like, I can't, I don't have time to sit and read, you know, I legit wow. don't. Now I'm I'm totally old school. I want a paperback book or a printed uh, a book of some sort, and I want to hold it and I want to be able to highlight it and I want to have it in my possession. Yeah. So, Micah, I think Jared's first point is setting time aside. But I do think that if you can't get the physical copy, your method is okay. But I'm old school, baby. I'm thinking, yeah, hey, I hear they you. have the book in front of me. 
All that to say, everyone out there, you have permission to read whichever way works for you that actually gets the information into your brain. There you go. Okay. Um, second one. Oh, he said, he says, I mark my territory. Um, and so this was one, when I read this, you know, I had a little like convulsion because like, writing in books, you know, I felt like in college it was okay, but later on in life, I felt like it wasn't okay. And so now I'm actually relearning to write in the footnotes and my son at school is being taught that same method. Yes. And I think that anyone who is a thinker writes on books all the time, which is why yeah. I love paperbacks because I don't feel bad about destroying a you know first edition hardcovered book. Um, but I do that all the time, and I mark up. I mean, to me, that's the key. If you don't have a highlighter while you're reading, it's really tough um, because you can only dog your pages so many times. Um, right. And if you're not highlighting or writing something or circling something, and I think that's where you really do have to have permission to yourself to feel okay about marking up a book like crazy, because the more you do, the more you will find that you will retain the information. Yeah. 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 Actually, I have a question, but that is going to be later. Um, the third thing is to take time and to reflect what you've read, which I love this one. Like just going back through, I feel that's where all the retention comes from. Yeah, that one's the one I struggle with the most because I think there's different reading patterns. I think there's one reading pattern, which is I'm trying to digest what I'm reading. Um, and then once I've digested, sometimes I reread it to understand what I'm reading. And I think there's a difference because I think sometimes, especially if you're reading a new something, anything new, you need time to process it. So that's why, again, I go back to the highlighting because there's, you know, it's okay to reread and it's okay to read differently because sometimes you will read for context, you'll read for discovery, you'll read for digestion, you'll read for analysis. And so yeah. I think, you know, it's okay to kind of keep an open mind while you're reading and then coming back and say, no, I need to reread this. This is a point I didn't get, don't understand or need to consume differently and then just jump back into it. Yeah. We talked about this in one of our previous, I, I forget it was a happy hour or what, but I, here's my question. And cause I've actually done this. It, he mentions in here, you can absorb the contents of a book. I read the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I read that book, I think eight times. And on the eighth time when I closed it, I said, Oh, I'm done. Yeah. Finally I was done. So I literally, I feel like I had absorbed everything that I needed from that book um, and I didn't need to read it again. So has that happened for you? How many times do you read a book? Like I read books over and over. If I want to know it, like Atomic Habits, which we just went over, yeah. I will be rereading that book. Yeah, I think it it always helps to have them on the bookshelf and then you can pull it down as needed. There's a lot of books that I read once but there will be key central tenets or ideas that come through. And yeah. so one of the tricks is, is that if you take the front cover of the book, which usually doesn't have anything on it, just recap the top three things that you really got from it. So the next time you are looking for those concepts or you're like, what was this about the book that I really liked? Oh, central concept yeah. number one, that was it. This is the book that I want. Or sometimes you can say, you know what? I don't need it anymore. And you get throw it away. I mean, books really should be a personal experience. Um, you know, which is always typical. Like if you give somebody a book and you're written like crazy in it, you probably don't want to give it to them. 
you know? So to me, I think the more personal it is, the more meaningful, the more you retain. Yep. True, true. So that's another tip you're going to get from here. Take your, take a post-it top three things you learned from the book, put it on top of the book, put it back in your bookshelf. When you pull it out, you'll have that. Um, fourth thing, which we're going to love, and I think you're probably going to want to dive into, Sean, is he digitizes and organizes his notes for future use. And this is where our Thinkers app mm -hmm. uh, really comes into play. Yeah, this is something Jared actually wants as a feature in the app is when you digitize a capture something from one of the books that you're reading that we go through and automatically pull all the book details so that you could have a folder with just snapshots of that book. It's a great uh, feature set, something that we're absolutely considering. But, you know, even today, you can go in and create up a folder for the book and then just put your different thoughts in there. In fact, I would argue that with the folder system, what I would do differently is I would create up a folder based on concepts so that as I'm reading, let's say, a marketing book or a okay, life yeah. book or an adventure story or something like that, then I have a folder that contains all of the captures from multiple books that I read. Uh, that way, when you go through, you can quickly look at them. And because of the document scanning capability we have in the app. I was going to say, I would use that for the search. Scan the damn page, yep. right? So you don't yep. just have to take a photograph. I think you actually scan the page so because you can search for it later. That's yep. a really big thing because not only do we have that tagging capability, but you can also digitize all those written texts using the camera uh, that we built in. And then that way you can search for it later inside of hopefully the folder that contains the concepts that you've been capturing. Absolutely. I love that. I was, I was going to say, I would, I would take a document note depending on. Um, and I, I, I just want to back up for one second on this concept because it yeah. goes back to his first point about reading with purpose and intent. You know, the more organized you are about reading, the more you'll actually retain yeah. the information you're doing. So some people just read for pure entertainment and they don't really care about organizing what they're trying to learn. There are others that really want to consume the information and have it readily accessible, and they will put a process around it. So it's writing in the notes, highlighting, capturing in the app, creating up folders of concepts. So I would argue that if you really want to be a subject matter expert, take time building a process around it, capturing the things that matter, and then through that process, you will find that you're retaining a lot of different information from a lot of different sources, and through that, become better at what you're doing. Right. It's, you know, it's interesting as I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking like when I read my Janet Ivanovich series, just for entertainment, I'm not doing any of this with that. When I'm reading Atomic Habits by yeah. James Clear, I'm, I'm doing all of these things. And so it's Absolutely definitely right. what you're reading. What is your purpose for that thing? Janet Ivanovich, I love her. So if anyone needs just a bite-sized chunk of fun, read, <laughs> read, read one for the money series. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole series of authors that I read purely for entertainment and pleasure. And then there's others that I'm reading for purpose, you know, to in integrate into some sort of life habit. And yep. I think for those you do want to have, if you have a habit, you want uh, systems that reinforce that habit. And I do think, and this is where some people would argue that typing it by hand, like reading something and retyping it, I think that has value, no question. Uh, former President Ronald Reagan actually would keep index cards of uh, things that he would read and quotes that he really liked and would have, if you go to the Reagan Library, a huge box filled with these index cards of quotes that really meant something to him. And through that purpose of writing, it helped manually. But I do point out 
that that's not a bad thing to do, but it's a lot better than typing it because typing it is literally yes. thrown into digital trash, in my opinion, because you don't really come back and look at it the same way. Right. Fully agree. And, and we've, that's why you created a notebook in the yes. first place, that's um, right. because we do know that that is one of the best ways to learn. That's right. All right, let's hit number five. And then I think you have an extra one. Oh, no, this is it. So the fifth thing that Jared does to retain reading, to retain what he reads, is he seeks out opportunities to discuss it. And that is our Thinker's Workshop book club. Yeah. It's I one of the club, ways that you can discuss a book. This is the one thing. And, I, and before the call, I, I told Mike, I really wanted to spend some time on this concept because I think we don't do enough in sharing ideas that we... Uh, received by reading other material. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we'll read something, it has inside an impact to us, and then we'll go and we'll vocalize it to others. Uh, but through that process, it is devoid of the context by which we got the information to begin with, i.e. the book. Right. And so to me, this is something that not only book club, but the concept of book club is that through a shared experience, we can uh, basically discuss our reality that we derived from that, that one event, right? In other words, we can sit there and say, this meant something to me, and we can vocalize it, which reinforces what we read. But I also think that in business settings or in work environment settings or any type of organized group settings, the more that you can get people into an informal book club, the better. And I'll give a great story about this. I once had an employee direct report to me. His name was Matt. Matt was in DevOps. DevOps guys are, you know, very unique individuals, highly Matt's technical. the best. Um, huh? I know Matt and he is the best. Oh, he's the best. He was great. And yep. so, but, you know, we, when we changed some organizational stuff and he was reporting to me, we were looking at things differently based on our own past and experiences. And what he did, and I truly appreciate this, is he gave me a book about DevOps, and it was a story about this fictional company and how they were dealing with a development operational issue uh, called the Phoenix Project. And it's a great book, and if you're in DevOps, you probably read it. But the experience that he did was by giving me the book, and, and his, as his boss, I had to read it because I wanted to encourage you know, that activity we were able to find a common experience together through that book that allowed us to have a better communication path because we had a, a single point of reference that we could pick up on and then discuss our different observations of that. That's and to beautiful. me, it was such a powerful moment because he initiated, it wasn't me saying here, I want you to think like I do. He was like, no, here's how, here's something important to me. Let's form this common experience. And through reading and then reciting it, at weird times in conversations, we'll be talking about something highly technical and a, a process will come up and then we'll refer back to the book, you know, because we have that shared experience. So I think in any type of organized environment, there's this concept of book club, which, you know, to me is always the movie version of a whole bunch of women drinking wine, bitching about, the right. movie, you know, because right. they read some book, you know, um, but, you know, 50 shades of gray, woohoo, you know, <laughs> Never read it. I think there's a better option, which is where can we together work to have a common understanding and an informal get together over lunch can yep. just be that like one month you pick a book, you then give it to everybody in that organization and you say, Hey, you know, in a month from now, we're going to get together and have lunch and just talk about this thing. That experience alone 
regardless of what anyone says, builds not only a better group dynamic, but you may actually find that, you know, hey, I have somebody else's viewpoint that I didn't really understand until we started reading something in common together and they brought a different perspective that helps me understand who they are. So, yeah, just here um, in the Thinkers Workshop, we've had authors on. So we had Alan Jacobs, who wrote How to Think, which was an incredibly good book. Um, we've read Deep Work. We read Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Mm -hmm. We had um, someone on Humility was in here. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and it is, it's, it's broadens the perspective. It connects people with people. So, yeah. I think what we're finding, and I think this is kind of where the digital revolution has changed so many things for us, is that, you know, consumption of books, be it audio, on a tablet, on our phone, that's one method of consumption. But I don't necessarily know if it's the best method of consumption, right? In other words, it, by going together and being purposeful in what you do, in my opinion, having the medium in front of you, but also trying to do something more with that shared understanding and knowledge. That's the right. key. That's the one thing that if anyone's listening to this, really try to figure out how can I engage with others that have this shared experience so that we can talk about it? Not because we all need to agree on it, right? Because that's not the point of any type of the conversation related around information. It's really about how we interpret and incorporate what we have read into our particular life. And I think the more that we do that, the more connection we find. And, you know, for us, it's been, you know, the Zoom meeting and talking about it with others and kind of reflecting on it. But it's not just us droning on about it. It's about you participating in it, saying there was one point that I found the value. So I hope everyone comes to our book clubs because it is your chance to actually pipe in and say, this is something of value to me, which if you participate, you actually will be with people who will give you additional insight to incorporate what right. you learned into your life. So the benefits this are is, huge. Yeah, this is bringing up a really funny story. So I actually joined one of those book clubs where we we sat and drank wine. This was many, many years ago. And so they're reading Anita Shreve and things like that, which was, it's not, it's never been my jam. So I picked Malcolm Gladwell blank and not one person read the book. So, yeah. so the point is make sure you have people in your book club that want to read books similar to what you're interested in. Yeah. Because, and, and that's the point though, it's context yeah. matters, you know? Yeah. That's so why everyone's I love the idea. here. Yeah, the Thinkers mm -hmm. Workshop, we're here and we want to read your same books. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not going to do a book club unless we actually read the book so we can, you know, put some insight. But even yeah. if you don't, and that's the other thing kind of end on, is that even if you haven't read the book, still come in anyway. because oh, you'll get. Right. Because you're going to hear about others and through that relationship, understand not only more of how they consume and think about things, but also, you know, maybe there is something that will spark interest and be like, ah. Didn't really, right. you know, know that. Maybe I should be participating right. because they right. highlighted these two or three things. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, reading is a very personal effort. But for it to have impact and for it to ex exponentially improve what you are doing in your life, it needs to be shared with others. And I can't emphasize that enough because you could be the smartest guy in the room, but if you're the only person in the room, it's going to be kind of lonely. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Is there anything else we want to talk about for retaining what we've read? 
Now, like always, Jared, you know, writes a rock star article and then we spend all of our time talking about it. We got it. (laughs) At the end of the day, I hope people will get something out of it. And more importantly, come and join us for the next book club, because obviously we're reading like crazy. And we'd love to have you as a part of our journey to learn how to be better at thinking. Yep. And we'll have one more book club before the end of the year, which we will put into the workshop soon. We'll schedule that out. Thank you so much for joining us, Sean. Thank you for anyone who's listening or watching for the second edition of Imbibe with the Tribe in the Thinkers Workshop. Thank you so much for being here.